0: Fans, I think, can sense it right now. To go, inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three, It's no good. The Liberty Flames are still dancing. And the Flames to the biggest
1: victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets it to the AC, deep three pull up, Hit back makes it! it Shot the buzzer.
0: Larry Blair, reverse way up, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the agent. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013
2: crown. Look at Bio baxter Bell. 25! Splash! Shiloh Robinson what? with an effort play! And Liberty keeps on coming! A huge basket by Kyle Rome. Got it! Pacheco with the three! Liberty, put your dancing shoes on.
1: Hey friends, what's going on? Welcome to the AC of Red podcast. This is the basketball show. Nick Kirby joined as always by Will Matthews and John Manson. And a much more higher spirits time to talk about Liberty basketball that we've had at times this year. It's been an up and down season, but uh, we're definitely on the upswing right now. Will, just hey. getting back from either the Bahamas or Panama or... China or Korea or something. How you doing?
3: I'm good, man. Hey, that open to the show where it says Liberty fans can sense it right now. What are we sensing right now, fellas? Ironclad coffee. I'm sensing a nice cup of ironclad coffee. Now, let me say, this is not ironclad tonight, but I reached out to ironclad this past week because I needed a question about another type of coffee. Um, that I was only going to be able to get while I was at the location I was at. And so I reached out and even though it was like not their coffee, they were generous enough to respond and, and kind of help me out through um, uh, understanding like some different coffees and stuff like that. So I still got my bare knuckle express at home. That's what gets me through the mornings. And so we are, uh, we are fueled by ironclad
1: tonight. You know, you're just becoming such a pro at the segues. It's almost disgusting how, how good <laughs> you've gotten. Uh, that was elite. Good stuff, Will. Glad to have you back. Did you have a good trip?
3: I did, yes, sir. I did not get to see Middle Tennessee State. Saw some highlights, but uh, I saw the final score, and that was all I needed to know about that game.
1: Yeah, the, that was a tough one to miss, to be honest. But, uh, but, of course, be sure to check out our friends at ironcladcoffee.com. Uh, All kinds of great stuff there. You can order online, have it shipped anywhere in the country. Uh, Be sure to support those guys. They do an incredible job supporting not just the Sierra Red, but all of Liberty Sports. So ironcladcoffee.com. And if you're in the Richmond area, head out to one of their cafes and let them uh, serve you up. John, how's your week going, my man?
0: Man, going well. Three straight wins for the Flames, and uh, we got Will back on the show. Uh, Producer 3000 was a a fine fill-in, but he's nothing for the Reverend. (laughs) the doctor the doctor the doctor the doctor reverend
1: it's in it's in his contract it's in his contract (laughs) we gotta gotta make sure we uh we talk about that well we got a big show tonight uh kyle road and Kaden Matheny. uh i figured you know what when you have a win like saturday night we're getting the the two stars on so i'll have both of those guys on looking forward to talking about talking to them about the win and kind of where liberty's at um but let's run through the two games that we uh we uh, had since our last podcast, the first one, as Will mentioned, it was a good one. Liberty knocks off Middle Tennessee 88-53, to uh, just a, a dominating performance. Um, Zach Cleveland, another ho-hum, 25-5-4. and uh, Kyle Robe was really solid in this game, 10 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, only four assists shy of a, a triple-double. And then Brody Peebles, how about this line, 21 points, he didn't hit a three, but he was seven for seven from the free throw line. He's continued to be aggressive. Shiloh Robinson made his return to the lineup. Uh, really cool to see him back in action. He scored eight points. Literally everyone contributed in this game. Oh, and Liberty didn't have Joseph Vanzant and still uh, performed this well. Liberty outscored Middle Tennessee 48-22 in the second half. Uh, John, I'll get your thoughts. I know you were in the arena for this game, uh, but but this one, look, Middle Tennessee stinks. Let's not sugarcoat that. But the one thing they are pretty decent at is defensively, and they'd only given up 88 points one time all year, and that was to Western Kentucky. And if you don't know, Western Kentucky plays the fastest tempo, literally the fastest tempo in the entire country. Liberty plays one of the absolute slowest tempos. So for Liberty to put up 88 points against Middle Tennessee, that is what stands out to me as, wow, okay, this team's showing that they still have that firepower.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And and you mentioned Brody scoring 21. Not only did he not make a three, he didn't even even attempt a three. I asked him after the game if uh, when's the last time he scored 20 plus points and didn't attempt a three. And he said it must have been middle school. Uh, That's just not something that that's become accustomed to him. But I've loved seeing his play recently. I mean, he's been attacking the basket and and some of the finishes he has off the dribble in the lane against much taller uh, players is uh, quite, they're quite impressive, and it's it's fun to watch. You never know how he's going to finish. He'll get in there, and and uh, sometimes it almost feels like he's going in slow-mo, and it's like no way he's going to get a shot off, but he always does. So it's been fun to, to watch his assurgence, if, if we want to call that. But um, um, I'm really curious when we talk about it more, but uh, when Joseph and comes back, which hopefully it'll be uh, in the next contest uh, against Sam Houston on Saturday – uh you know what does coach mckay do to the lineup cuz brody's been playing so well i don't know if you can uh uh you know bench him or take him out of the starting lineup but yeah it was a great great team performance and and you know winning any game much less a conference game like it doesn't matter who the opponent is by 35 plus points or 35 points in this one is, is certainly impressive liberty hadn't done that in a few years i think they did it against jacksonville and coach uh, jordan mincy uh his first season there so a couple years back but yeah, it was a great uh great performance for the team. And and it kind of was I was looking at these two games as like, okay, is that Utep win the you know, the start of the turnaround for this team in conference play? And and uh, you know, we'll talk about Louisiana Tech in a second, but uh this this middle Tennessee performance certainly had us believing that yes, it could be.
1: Yeah. And let's move on to the uh one of the one of my favorite games ever, you know, as, as a Liberty fan. Obviously, aesthetically, it wasn't you know the 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 prettiest game. Especially the first half was was pretty choppy, uh. But but the intensity at the end of this game was um close to as high. And I guess I'll start there with John, with you. Just someone being in the arena was the intensity that I felt watching on on ESPN. You, uh, was it was it as as pronounced as it felt felt to me.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. I heard a couple of people say that that was the best atmosphere we've ever had at Liberty Arena, and and it's hard for me to to say that, even though I've been to to most of those games. But there's a few others. The Missouri game comes to mind. That that was a great atmosphere, and even the Grand Canyon game earlier this season. I know it ended in a loss, but that was a great atmosphere too. And uh, there's been a few in, in conference play, a couple last year as well too, conference tournament games. But but yeah, it was a, it was a great uh, environment, and for it to end the way it did. Uh, and the way the team played in the second half was, um, uh, you know, certainly left you leaving the arena feeling really good. Uh, and you know, you got you got Matheny, Roden, Peebles there. Uh, their stat lines on the stream they combined for fifty five of Liberty's sixty five points, which uh, that, that's quite impressive. And and it's it, it goes to show how much this team they can get pretty much anything they, they need most nights as far as, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, you never know who's going to step up. It's balanced scoring, but then, uh, you know, Saturday night against the top team in the conference, it was, you know, those three main scorers just did all the work.
1: Well, what stood up to you about this game?
3: Well, first of all, John, the intensity on TV looked like it matched what was in the arena because it was a one of the best called games, I think, that Liberty has had on – Uh, uh, a linear network that was not matt warner and and naz calling it um uh kirby what was his name dave leno or jay leno um he, he like the guy just brought a lot of excitement it felt like a conference tournament quarterfinal game or semifinal game um but yeah kirby you nailed it you know sloppy in the first half a lot of traveling calls i don't know if i've ever seen a game with that many traveling calls in the first half and just some turnovers. But the second half, I thought uh, Louisiana Tech, it looked like they had kind of worn down to me a little bit. Um, some of their shots weren't falling. Um, and Bacho looked tired. I think uh, Kyle Rode uh, banging and clanging wore him out a little bit. And um, just we, we haven't had a, a, a win like that, it feels like, since that Lipscomb championship game with uh, Georgie hitting that corner three. Um we've had games like that, but it didn't feel like we had had a really like a win like that. And so I don't know what that says about our program. The fact that we, have you know, ran through the A-Sun the last few years that much, or um, just, you know, just the, just the makeup
1: of the team that uh, Coach McKay has put together. All right. I got three thoughts on this game. First one, Zach Cleveland, he played, he played fine in this game. He didn't play bad, but he didn't put up one of those 20, you know, eight rebounds, five assists. He didn't have one of those stat lines. Good to see Liberty find a way to win without Cleveland having to have these just ridiculous stat lines. That was the first thing that stood up to me. Second thing is, Louisiana Tech turned the ball over on 28.3% of their possessions, and that was the highest mark for a Liberty team since they played Stanford. You might remember in that Christmas tournament in Hawaii back in uh, 2022. So I I, I want to ask uh, Kyle. I don't I don't know if he'll give us any trade secrets on this, but I want to know: was that a point of emphasis going into this game? Was that because that's not Liberty's mo is to try to force a lot of turnovers? A, a team that's a lot that has a lot bigger size than Liberty did, was that something they tried to really exploit to try to um even the playing field a little bit? So that was something that really stood out to me, and then. The third thing is just Liberty's defense right now as a whole, that Jack state game on the road, Liberty's defense was really, really bad in that second half. I don't know what they did since then, but four straight really, really good defensive games all under one point per possession, which if you keep a team under one point per possession with Liberty's offense, you're going to win almost every single time. So that's just really huge to me is uh, um, just, you uh, know, uh, you know, how, how much better they played defensively. And uh, this team offensively is starting to really come around. And, uh, and I got some more on that. I'll I'll talk more a little bit about that when we talk about uh, a conference USA, but any other final thoughts before we wrap this up and bring on Kyle road?
0: no i mean it was it was just a really fun game fun environment it was like a conference tournament game and and uh, i don't know you know the team is confident obviously that they believe they can win probably anytime they go out on the court and they should uh but i think for for us as fans a a win like this kind of gives us that needed jolt as we go down the stretch run to say you know when we get to huntsville it's anybody's game liberty's proven they can beat anybody in the league and uh that it's going to be close games most most nights so um uh, it, it's good to have that belief if if even only for us as fans because I'm sure the the team already believes they can win anyways.
3: will any final thoughts? No, I mean it's just a just a huge you know boost to the team to not only go on a three game streak but to knock off the number one and then now that um you know Louisiana Tech has fallen, you've got the number one again coming up.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Great segue. Uh, Let's have a quick word from Jason Porter, and then we'll bring on Kyle Rode.
2: Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Real Team Development, and it's been a a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So, commercial real estate, um, obviously, a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So, it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then, certainly, on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much.
1: All right, joined now by uh, our guy Kyle Rogue. Kyle, what a game on Saturday night. Have you uh, recovered yet?
4: Shoot, man. It took me a while uh, to fall asleep that night, as I'm sure. Uh, it did all Flames Nation, but uh, it was an amazing atmosphere. Got got some much needed rest on Sunday. Uh, and uh, good to be back and preparing to start the week for good Sam Houston team on Saturday. It's a g- good week to have a, a full week off yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, man it's always nice when you're at home for a week and uh when you only got to travel to one to one spot that's nice too this week
3: hey kyle uh question for you i was just kind of going back in time a little bit back to the 1920 season and looking at uh this week in kyle road history and um during this week, you had uh, 16 minutes and zero points against uh, North Alabama, playing behind some pretty good uh, Liberty players back in the day. Um, you know, at this point in the final stretch, are you kind of like, you know, just really taking in like your whole career as uh, your time as a Flame, and just kind of reminiscing as you go into these, uh, you know, this last little bit before March?
4: Yeah, one hundred percent, man. It's it's uh it's wild because Jess will always drop me off before games, and I'm like, we only got three times of this left because yeah. there's no more postseason home games too. So you can't account for any of those, and and guys like Aaron Schreiner, will we'll we'll talk about it. Only three more times in the training room, <clears throat> training room left together, and just doing our pregame routine and stuff. So uh, that's of home games, of course, but. Uh, Liberty, uh, has been really good to me and, uh, ready to close this chapter on a really high note and, uh, love being here. So
0: Kyle, thanks so much uh, for joining us as always, man. But, uh, speaking of that, speaking of your career, I mean, you helped open Liberty arena and, and obviously have been there for every game. Uh, we were just talking about it a minute ago, but, um, uh, how would you say that that uh, environment stacked up Saturday night with some of the the other best environments of all time uh, in these, what, four years now at Liberty Arena?
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it's top one, two, or three, um, somewhere in there. Uh, I think about, like, Eastern Kentucky last year was a big semifinal game at home, obviously. Uh, anytime you got – I think we had Missouri in there two years ago. Um, GCU was a great one this year. So just some of those kind of bigger games come to mind, but – the crowd made it i thought our athletic department did an awesome job with the stripe out so that was super unique and and walking in there for warm-ups house that, that made it feel like a, a high major atmosphere already so uh super cool environment and glad uh glad we pulled out a win
3: a lot of those uh ruckus environments during your career and you know a lot more up seasons than down seasons and at five and five in a really tough tough conference usa um what do you think this kind of season is is teaching you as a as a player?
4: Yeah, I think it's funny like basketball is a lot like life sometimes like yeah. it's not it's not uh, going exactly how you want or or things like that but it's how you respond to it and uh coach Mckay's has done an unbelievable job of uh empowering us and and telling us to trust the process um and stay true to who we are on and off the court. So uh, I think this group has learned a lot. Um, because at the end of the day, it's just it's just basketball games, right? So it's, you're just uh, wanting to pursue that with all you have, and also trust God at the same time that He's got it under control. And uh, there's not a person in that locker room that isn't competitive and wants to win every single game. So uh, it's tough when you lose, but at the same time, thought we've done a really good job of of learning from losses. And and I thought like the Louisiana Tech showed growth. I thought our first half wasn't maybe as as clean or as good as we wanted. And our defense was battling and keeping us in there. And then we went on a couple runs in the second half to where I felt like uh, that's, that's kind of who we are. We'll we'll outlast you. And uh, we have some amazing playmakers on the offensive end that that'll uh, can hit some shots and, and make plays. So I thought we did a really good job of that uh, learning from those mistakes and and shortcomings early in the season.
1: All right, Kyle. So speaking of defense, Uh, that second half on the road at Jackson, Jacksonville state, you guys gave up 40 points, really just a a tough, tough second half defensively. But the last four games since then, New Mexico state, UTEP, middle Tennessee and Louisiana tech have been four of probably your best defensive games of the year. Was that just like maybe a turning point after that half or was it something that you guys did differently or just, uh, you know, maybe a wake up call. What do you attribute that to?
4: I think, I think it's a little bit of both. I think coach Pierre and coach Jones are our defensive coordinators, if you call it, if there is such and, and coach McKay, obviously defensive minded coach as well. So um, we've just really doubled down on our details of our defense and, and continue to find solutions uh, whether that's just small things that we can make adjustments to uh, steal some possessions or uh, make some things happen to because we're obviously everybody knows we're undersized and, and things like that. So Felt like our toughness is, has really uh, shown in these last four games on the defensive end as well. So we've just been battling every day and trying to get better. So,
1: Kyle, speaking of the defense and, you know, being undersized, you guys forced 19 turnovers against Louisiana Tech. Was that something like, that's not typically Liberty-style, forcing a ton of turnovers on defense. Was that something you guys maybe saw that you could take advantage of being undersized against Louisiana Tech?
4: Yeah, it was funny because we we, uh, we didn't mention that once in uh, our pregame uh, concepts or whatever like that. So I think some had to do with a little bit with the, some of the phantom travel calls, maybe, um, and things like that. But I really did think our guards did an unbelievable job of having great gaps on defense, getting their hand hands on some of those uh, those loose balls. And especially in the second half, those were some huge winning plays for us and and uh, made guys like Bacho and Crawford think a little bit when they were – driving the ball or had it in the paint so i always appreciate i always appreciate that when i'm battling
0: speaking of that kyle uh going up against Bacho, i mean a former texas tech guy and seven footer i don't know what he what he is listed at but he's basically is a seven footer if he's not listed that but uh how, how difficult is that how different is that uh going up against a guy like that compared to you know some of the other uh, guys you you face most nights
4: yeah i think he's a he's a really skilled amazing player he's he's like you mentioned seven foot. So obviously uh, anytime you're playing somebody that's seven foot, they're going to have an advantage and uh, just try to make it hard, m- make it difficult for them. And um, I thought our team defense, like that's the best part about this is like when you're playing defensive Liberty, you have, you have five guys that are all helping each other out at the same time. So you never really left on an Island. And, and uh, like I said before, my guards did an unbelievable job of, of helping me out. And uh, it was, a, it was a really, it was a tough battle, but, At the same time, they got to guard us on the other end and felt like we can uh, always exploit um, some areas, um, especially when you have a bigger guy like that, just trying to make a move on the perimeter a little bit, which he's an unbelievable athlete and protects the rim so well. So uh, that was a big key for us, I feel like.
3: Yeah, I feel like maybe there's like a little bit of extra protein in the protein shake before you go against Bacho. Um, Is there a guy that, like looking back on your career, like Bacho, that – you can't wait to tell your kids or your grandkids, like, Hey,
4: yeah, I uh, squared up against that guy on the court. Uh, None that, none that come to mind immediately. I feel like, uh, honestly, you just, you just kind of, he's a, he's a great player and you don't even, you don't even think of it like that necessarily probably till maybe after your playing career is over. Uh, Cause right now you're still competing against him and you don't want to give him that much credit, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, one of those things that I'm sure I'll look back on and, there's been there's been numerous guys that we played against. I remember playing against Zach Eady, his first game ever in college, uh, in a in a community college gym during COVID. We played Purdue and Mississippi State on back to back nights. So a guy like Zach Eady, that'll probably be pretty memorable and just just little things like that that like years later you think about. So yeah,
1: I forgot Zach Eady was on that team. I remember watching that 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 game, but man, that that feels like forever ago, doesn't it?
4: Ooh, and it was, it's crazy that team had, he didn't even start and because uh, they had Trayvon Williams. So it was first team all big 10 and guys like Jaden Ivey was lottery pick. And, and we were just playing in a community college during COVID, getting COVID tested every day and play four games in five days to open up the year. And obviously that, that team went on to March Madness. So that was pretty cool.
0: The story I'll tell my grandkids about that game is uh, Micaiah B had a better game than Zach Eady did in their debut debut. (laughs) (laughs) That
4: That is facts. That is facts.
1: Uh, Cal, I know we've asked you about, uh, you know, Zach Cleveland who's taking a big step, but talk about Brody Peebles, uh, especially with with Van Zant being out the last couple of games. He's played really, really well, scored the ball without making a ton of threes. Talk about like kind of his development and his contributions to the team
4: yeah i think jv's probably the most valuable player on our team just what he does to affect winning um and so when you have a guy out like that and uh you have two really tough games this week um that is uh that is big shoes to fill but peeves peeves and zach like you mentioned they uh those two guys have just exemplified like trusting the process and and playing their role um peeves obviously just has such a knack for scoring and can give you a boost and Feels like he can go on a seven zero, ten zero run just by himself, uh, and he's done an unbelievable job of, uh, of owning the details um, of his game and helping us on the defensive end as well and making some key plays and so just super super happy he's on our team and uh, uh, especially with JV out, thought he's done an unbelievable job and and excited to excited to get JV back soon because it's a uh, we miss him a lot and but he still had an unbelievable voice and and leadership. In the last two games on the bench and, and just inspiring us. So,
1: all right, Kyle, well, we appreciate your time tonight. Uh, uh, congrats on the huge win on, on Saturday and the, the recent success and, uh, enjoy this, uh, well-deserved, uh, uh, week off. And, uh, we'll look forward to watching you guys on Saturday night, uh, at Sam Houston.
4: Yeah, let's get it. Appreciate you guys. All
1: right. We're gonna have a quick Great. 30 second word from, uh, uh, Leesburg experience Leesburg. We'll be right back with Caden Matheny.
2: It's Real Florida. It's Old Florida and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions. Crystal clear natural springs and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be.
1: All right. We are joined now by Caden Matheny. Caden, uh, how, how many, how many text messages did you have on a uh, uh, Saturday night after, uh, you hit the shot heard, uh, heard around the country in college basketball?
5: Yeah. I, uh, I had quite a few still trying to maybe, uh, get back to some people. So I'm sorry <laughs> to those people I uh, might still be trying to get back to, but no, I just appreciated all the, the love and support that I, uh, that I got. And, uh, Heard from a couple of family members that I haven't heard in a while, which was also cool.
1: Well, we appreciate you uh, taking our text that that means a lot. Uh, walk us through through that moment that 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 shot. Um, w- w- talk us through the play uh, when and just you know what happened uh, there that final second uh, uh, with two point one seconds left, I believe
5: yeah so uh i mean get the ball in zach cleveland's hands uh more times than not something good is gonna happen uh just an incredible playmaker and uh he just made a, a great read uh the defender collapsed on him when he uh did a spin move and got it to me and uh was able to get it off in time the defender came flying at me uh didn't realize how close he was until i saw some pictures afterwards but uh just glad, uh, glad I could uh, get get that shot off and uh, let it go in,
0: Caden. You guys, you know, as as we've all talked about many times, uh, started zero and three in conference play, and and two and five in in conference play as well. Just over you know almost two weeks ago now, less than that. But um, now you guys have, have reeled off three straight wins to to even up your conference record. You got your. Uh, first win on the road in conference play and and then that you know big win Saturday night over uh you know first place La Tech. Uh what's the mood like around the team, the facilities, uh the, the last, you know, forty eight hours or so. I know you guys had a day off on Sunday, but uh, you know, how's everyone feeling? You guys feel energized again as, as you're ready to to make the stretch run? Yeah, I mean I think the one thing about this
5: team that's so special is uh you would have thought when we lost those three straight you would have thought that Uh, We were still winning games and we weren't 0-3 in conference just because of the belief that we have in one another. And those games were really close. And we knew that just one mistake here and there uh, lost us those games. And it wasn't necessarily because of the lack of talent. It was just the execution of it. And we knew it was fixable. Um, So just... On this three-game win streak, we're just trying to keep it rolling, and we know we can keep it rolling with, uh, with the guys we have in that locker room and uh, the trust and belief we have in one another.
3: Yeah, and this is probably a very taxing time of the season for all of you guys physically. Um, <clears throat> have you ever played with a mask like Shiloh is doing right now? Have you ever had, like, a, a elbow <laughs> thrown in your face and that – I can only imagine that that kind of messes with your game a little bit. I
5: have not. I have not, thankfully. Um, But it's funny. We were talking, uh, Shiloh and I were talking before the first game he had with the mask, and I was like, how's it feel and whatnot? He's like, it's good, it's good, but I struggle to see in it. So if you pass me the ball, make sure you lob it. Don't bounce past it. (laughs) And in the second half against Middle Tennessee, I bounced past him the ball, and I was like, oh, no. But he uh, he thankfully he caught it and uh, it was actually a goal ten they called it a goal ten, but afterwards I was like man shy I'm sorry I'm sorry about that one. So uh,
1: uh, Kaden, uh, you got a week off this week. Uh, I'm sure that that, that kind of come at a at a great time for you guys after you know really just so many just closed uh, down to the wire, uh, grinding out games.
5: Yeah, it's one of those where sometimes like after after you have a couple games like that, you're wanting them just to come back, come quicker and uh, just get right back on the court. But also you do have to realize, yeah, this is good for us. Uh, a lot of wear and tear. It's a long season and uh, it's sometimes good to good to uh, have a break here and there to rest the rest of mind and rest the body. But we uh, we're on a hot streak right now. So we're, we're really uh, wanting to get back out there.
0: Caden, I know you, uh, you know, were were recruited some by Coach McKay back in high school and then uh, ended up at Bowling Green for a few years to start your career. But what's it like, you know, being recruited is one thing, but, you know, playing for a guy and being in that locker room with them and and part of the team for almost a full season now. uh, What's it like playing for Coach McKay and and having him, you know, lead you and lead this team? Yeah, I mean, he's a special coach, but not
5: only that, he's a special person. And the one thing that I've really uh, loved about my uh, situation here is he, he's not only wanting you to be the best player, he's wanting you to be the best person um, as well. And it's not only uh, just a basketball, you're here as an athlete, you're here as a whole person. And man, he's, he's taught me so many things on the basketball court, but also in life. And that's truly what, I, uh, what I've cherished so far with uh, being able to be coached by him.
3: Playing down from uh, playing down against Louisiana Tech and having to make that run to come back, you guys were uh, seemed a little bit more fired up than you usually are. Um, it seemed like every time they took a timeout, you know, to slow the momentum, y'all just came right back at it, and y'all were fired up, you know, going into to every break. Um, you know, we talk about McKay a lot. Uh, who other than McKay? Because he got fired up a little bit there too, like who's the who's the hype guy on the staff is it is it coach pierre He he's the one that on tv looks like he's most into it
5: yeah i mean you gotta say coach pierre um coach jones and coach johnson they're calm cool and collected just like coach mckay but there's coach pierre always uh always yelling always screaming always getting us hyped up and he's uh he's been incredible uh, throughout the whole year just giving us that energy on the bench and yelling out things when we're on the defensive end, uh, things that we might not know that might be coming. And that really does help us a lot. And, man, he's uh, – I, I sometimes wonder where all that energy comes from because he's got a lot of it.
1: Speaking of defense, Caden, uh, you had two steals um, on on Saturday night. Brody had three. Zach had three. I uh, guys forced a lot of turnovers against uh, uh, Louisiana Tech. Was that just something kind of with with you guys being a little bit undersized against a, a really, you know, big Louisiana Tech team that you guys felt uh, was a way to kind of help you, um, you know, stay, stay in the
5: game? I, I don't think necessarily. Um, we went in with the same game plan we always do with our uh, defensive system, and it just so happened to fall in play like that. But I remember Brody coming up huge a couple times when they tried lobbing it over the top and him. Coming in and stealing a couple, and then Colin uh, having quick hands on Newman, him trying to, because he, he loves to get to the rim. And we knew that uh, coming from last game that he was going to attack, attack, attack. And I think Colin did a great job uh, once he got into the paint a little bit to, to use his quick hands and uh, get a couple of steals there. So I think it was just how the game played out. There wasn't necessarily a game plan going into it.
0: Caden, looking ahead to uh, this Saturday, uh, you guys head down to Texas, take on Sam Houston, uh, another first-place team. Uh, you, you knock off uh, Louisiana Tech, and, and now you got, you got Sam Houston in first place uh, tied with the Bulldogs. But what, what do you remember about the uh, the Bearcats, the first time uh, they played? Uh, you guys played them a few weeks ago in Liberty Arena. What, what, what do you remember about them? Yeah, I mean,
5: another great team, <clears throat> top of the conference for a reason. Uh, they got two bigger guards that that can score just like that, and uh, it was a tough matchup for us a little bit there uh, in the first half, a little bit in the second half. So just trying to combat those those two uh, bigger guards that they have, and uh, seeing what we can do with that.
3: Yeah, uh, one of the guys for Sam Houston is is from my town, and I've I've known him through like uh, church stuff and and. Uh, you know, through the city, um, Marcus Boykin, and, you know, just a little, you know, trash talk if you want to, you know, just tell him Will from Clinton that that he's trash. And uh, I don't know, it might get in his head a little bit, but uh, no, he's he's, he's a really good player, comes from a good family. But, uh, you know, coming down the stretch here, um, you've got this first place team coming up again. Um, What's the team mindset as as far as, um, I know you're just taking one game at a time, but, you know, what's the team mindset as far as like where you guys want to be come time where it's time to come into the tournament? Uh, Where do you want to be like chemistry wise? Not, I know everybody wants you to be, we all know where you want to be win wise, but like chemistry wise, like what are some things that you guys are are looking to uh, achieve before tournament time?
5: Yeah. I mean, just obviously you want to be playing your best basketball come March and that's the, that's the ultimate goal. And we feel like we're, we're on the trend to do that and just continue, continue up that path of, of playing our best basketball, staying with one another, believing in in one another. And uh, we know it's hard to win on the road in this conference. And uh, we're about to have a a few more tests here coming up. And especially against Sam Houston, who's, who's really good, really good at home. And uh, so that it will be an awesome environment there, I'm sure. And we're, we're excited to, uh, to go go face them and try and try and win another another one on the road like we did against UTEP because we feel like that really winning on the road against UTEP gave us a lot of confidence. And uh you've kind of seen that going into the last couple of games after that win. So just trying to do the same.
1: All right, Caden. Well thank you so much for uh for your time tonight. Congrats again on the the huge shot and the huge win for uh for Liberty. We're looking forward to uh watching you guys on Saturday night.
5: I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me.
1: All right, we're gonna have a quick uh, 30 second word from Flames Rising, and then we'll be uh, right back to uh, wrap this
4: show up. Hey, Flames Nation, this is Kyle Rode.
2: This is Rachel Root.
4: This is Kato Salter.
5: We would just wanna say thank you for supporting athletes like us. Through the Flames Rising Collective.
4: The Flames Rising Collective is a registered 501C3, providing opportunities for student-athletes to use their name, image, and likeness while serving our local community.
5: 100% of everything contributed to collective will go directly to creating name, image,
2: and likeness opportunities for Liberty student-athletes.
0: Help us be champions for Christ and champions
1: on the field. Flames. That beat gets me going every time. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Conference USA. Uh, Liberty's still fifth, but they're one game out of first. <laughs> uh, that's uh, crazy. that's how crazy this uh, th- this conference USA is. And again, I don't even know if it really matters all that much, but um, let's uh, let's look at the, the net rankings here. I think this kind of tells a little bit of a the, of the story outside of FIU in Middle Tennessee, or pretty much you know, well out of the race. Everyone else is still still there and kind of hanging around. Um, Liberty closing the gap a little bit on La Tech. I mean, I still think they're the team to beat. You know, they're at 79th. Liberty's at 106. Western Kentucky, though, that is a team that that's really starting to impress me. That's kind of the team that, 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 that stood out to me other than Liberty and La Tech. I mentioned earlier, they're number one in the country in tempo. They play the fastest tempo in the country, which always just makes it such a unique matchup and something that you don't want to see in tournament time we'll kind of start with you looking through conference usa what what kind of stands out to you
3: well i had high hopes that middle tennessee would crawl out of the basement at some point but it does not appear that that's going to happen uh bring the conference up a little bit more um western kentucky uh as you said it kind of sticks out to me they're also on a three-game win streak um it feels like Liberty and Western Kentucky are kind of the teams on the rise right now. Um, Maybe Liberty more so just because of the way Liberty started out. Um, Western Kentucky didn't start out 0-3 like Liberty did. So really just kind of looking forward to see kind of, uh, you know, I'm sure you've probably got the tournament graphic update um, where it is right now. But it's just interesting to see kind of how things are going to shake out the next few weeks before that starts. There you go.
0: Yeah, I really think that, you know, uh, obviously, Louisiana Tech. We've talked about them a lot uh, on this podcast last couple of weeks. I, I still think they're they're probably the, the number one team in the league as far as just uh, what they've got on their team, their resume, and and Crawford and Bacho are so so tough to uh, to match up against. And and uh, but but like we saw this week, I mean, they went zero and two this week, and of course they played Liberty in Western Kentucky, so probably the next two toughest team in the in the league, but. Uh, anybody can win just about any night. And, uh, I do think middle and FIU are kind of, you know, eight, nine, like, uh, I think that's kind of been made clear. And in my opinion, and maybe I shouldn't say this with Liberty playing Sam Houston, who's tied for first right now on Saturday night. But in my opinion right now, I feel like, you know, there's three teams that are kind of, you know, uh. I don't know if separated from the pack is the right word because that's not the case if you look at the standings, but I think they've kind of established themselves as the top three teams in the league. And that would be Louisiana Tech, Liberty, and Western Kentucky. I feel like if any one of those three are cutting down nets in Huntsville, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I kind of would expect one of those three to do it. Uh, Now, that's not, again, I don't want to take away from anybody else. I think Sam Houston's obviously proven what they can do, but they still got a tough. Uh, back half of their schedule. I mean, they got Liberty again. They got to play at La Tech, at UTEP, at New Mexico State. Uh, you know, they still got Western to play again. So uh, they, they got a tough uh, back half of the schedule. I'm not sure if they'll still be first or second when we get to the end. But it, they obviously can win and can beat just about anybody. So, But in my opinion, I think it's Liberty, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky as the three uh, maybe most dangerous teams is the right way to, to phrase it.
1: I would agree with you, John. I think I would be surprised if anyone other than those three end up coming out of the tournament. Now, these are tournaments; anything can happen. Uh, Bellerman won a tournament, um, so yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it, crazy things can happen. But those are, are I think, are, are pretty clearly, you know, the 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 three best teams. But one thing about Sam Houston, we'll talk about the schedule a little bit more in a minute. They, they do they kind of feel to you guys like this team, like? Remember, remember when Liberty just you know took care of business against uh, uh, a Jacksonville team that was looked like they were on the rise, and you know beat them with ease at home, beat them by like thirty points. And then they turn around and they go on the road and they lose. I kind of have a, like same like like deja vu feeling with this game coming up on Saturday.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. A good.
0: One. Yeah, go go ahead, Will.
3: I, I, it just feels to me like Sam Houston's a little bit of fool's gold right now. Like John was saying, they still have like maybe the toughest portion of their schedule coming up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them dip down. Um, I would be, I guess, more surprised to see them still, you know, top three seed uh, going into the tournament.
0: I, I was looking at the resume uh, just now. And, and uh, one thing that they've got that I don't know if anybody else in the league has as of today. I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, they've already got wins over Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky, uh, and, and you know they'll like to add uh, Liberty to that that mix uh, on Saturday night. So uh, they obviously have the ability to beat uh, anybody um, in in the conference. They've proven that already. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Will. I, I, I think fools' goals are right right term. And again, this is terrible that we're saying this right before we play them. Yeah. Uh, because we know what can happen, but, uh, but we'll see. I mean, they're obviously a good team. So, but as we look at Liberty's uh, schedule here, you know, on the screen coming down the stretch, six games left, three at home, three away. And, and Nick, we were kind of texting about it after the game Saturday night a little bit. Uh, It feels like Liberty, uh, we said this before, but they've won these three straight. Sam Houston's obviously a tough game, probably the toughest game left on the schedule. I feel like New Mexico state and UTEP at home, very winnable games at Middle Tennessee. Obviously, we saw what just happened. You never know when you go on the road, though. At FIU, again, I think those are the two teams in the bottom of the conference as far as uh, quality of teams. And, and then Westerns a, a, will be a tough game, too. But it really feels like Liberty can, you know, they've got three games in a row under their belt already. But, man, they could, they could reel off a few more wins uh, in a row before we get to uh, that tournament in Huntsville.
3: And if you never know, I mean, if Louisiana Tech kind of stumbles here a little bit um, with their schedule coming up, that last game against Western Kentucky could prove to be a, a very important game.
1: Yeah, and, and one thing about Sam Houston, though, uh, they are four and zero at home in Conference USA play, two and three on the road. So just like everyone, almost it feels like in this league, they are they've been really, really good at home. Like like jo- John mentioned. You know, wins over La Tech and Western Kentucky; those were both at home. So, but uh, th- this is a game, though. This is a game. I don't really feel like there's. I don't really feel like there's all that much pressure on it. Like, it, I think if Liberty loses this game, all right. Hey, it was a tough one on the road. Team that's undefeated. And then the rest of the schedule is right in front of us. Whereas, you know, a couple games back, there was a lot more pressure on these games. But if you do get this win on on Saturday, man, you really are in the driver's seat. Because I, I just I don't see any way I, I, I shouldn't I, I better just shut up. But it, it's it, it's hard to see them losing to FIU or Middle Tennessee even on the road, and it's really hard to see them losing to New Mexico State or UTEP at home. Like I mean I can see Western Kentucky at home just as they're such a weird team and, and such a unique challenge. But man, you get this win on Saturday, um, and again it doesn't mean a whole lot for the tournament because there's not a all that much of an advantage, but um, you could you win this game on Saturday. You're going to have a chance to win the Conference USA.
0: Yeah, I think this past Saturday, the win over Louisiana Tech kind of put us in a place where uh, you can compete to be in the top three to four in the league. Like you have like a really good shot, probably a favorite. I know Kim Palm's got Liberty uh, finishing in, in in the top four right now. Uh, but I feel like you're in a really good place there. If you win this Saturday at Sam Houston, you can start talking about. You know, getting the number one seed and, and uh, challenging La Tech for that top spot in the regular season championship, which it's crazy to think that we're saying this when we were just two and five, you know, 12 days ago or whatever it was.
3: Yeah, the 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 glass half full tastes a lot better than the glass half empty for
1: sure. Zach uh, cheers brought up a great point. Yeah. New Mexico state and UTEP haven't won on the road all season. Now, I mean, again, these are one games, anything can happen. Um, teams like teams like Liberty that shoot a lot of threes. You can have a really ice cold night and the other team has a, as a hot shooting night, but nonetheless, they're games, you really expect to win. Now, LaTeX, it's tech going to be really tough to pass them, um, for the top spot just because, you know, like they, they obviously they don't play Liberty again. Um, they, they they do play Western Kentucky again, but they still have games against FIU at home, Jack State, who's who's bad against everyone except for Liberty. Um, and then I mean their other road games are UTEP and New Mexico State. But I mean they have a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch to where it's gonna be tough to see them losing um losing like three games. So you would almost have to obviously you need La Tech to to lose um at least twice for you to pass them. So sure. again, it, it it would be tough, but but nonetheless, I mean, the fact that Liberty's even in this conversation after starting two and five is really remarkable.
0: Yeah, I mean, Liberty would pretty much have to to win out to to really have a good good chance to to catch LaTeX. I mean, uh, the tiebreakers you never know how that'll break down. I know it's you know it's head to head as first, and then you go by order of finish. Uh, after that, so uh, you you know it just depends on how the rest of the teams finish But yeah, Liberty would have to pretty much win out, and that would get them to eleven and five. And 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 I, I know Ken Palm's got them going twelve and four. I have a hard time believing they're only going to win one more game in their in their last six, or they might still have seven games left to play. Uh, they got at Western. That's they've already lost them at home. And then you know, Utah and New Mexico State. We're talking about them struggling on the road, but they've been pretty tough at home. So uh, I don't know if there's been many teams that have gone. And, uh, you know, swept that that two game road trip. I think uh, Western did. And that kind of helped put push them up to the top half of the standings. But uh, you mentioned New Mexico State. Um, I, I would be willing to put some money on uh, Liberty not losing to them when they come <laughs> to uh, Liberty Arena. on uh, what is it that that's February 29th to leap leap year day.
3: Yeah, you, you stole what I was uh, going to say there. <laughs> a lot of important games coming up, but I'm really interested in that New Mexico State game. I want to, you know, maybe a little chip on the shoulder for that game.
1: Yeah. Um. Any other, we kind of talked about the schedule. I mean, I kind of, I guess we'll just look at the bracket one more time. And it, it's so funny because it's going to change completely by next week. And, and even yeah. still, it's just, it's such a, it's a neutral floor, but. Um, Liberty moved to the right. Liberty moved to the different side of the bracket and then moved to the right side of the bracket. Cause it's the, the non Louisiana tech and the non Jack state side of the bracket. Um, uh, man, I would love, I would love this, this, uh, I, I would love this draw. D- do either of you guys, because I, I, people have been asking me now that I think we're getting closer to it. People are starting to get a little bit more curious about this tournament. So again, I guess just to kind of, uh, um, run through it again for, for maybe people who haven't um, kept up on this as, as, as much as us nerds have all year Um, completely neutral floor. Um, The one weird quirk about the tournament is so the, you have the eight, nine game um, on, I think that's Tuesday and then the one and two seeds play um, on Wednesday, but then they do not play on Thursday. They get a day off between the semifinals. So I, 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 I guess there there's some advantage to that. Um, You also, you've also seen that backfire on teams where you play a team that kind of gets hot and you've sat for a day. I do kind of think for Liberty though, it could really be an advantage just because it feels like Richie's really shrinking that, that the, the minutes really shrinking the um, his, his rotation. I mean, do you guys think there's any like big advantage to having that day off?
0: I mean, I think there's there's an advantage to it. Uh, I I think that the bigger, more than having the day off, it's it's such a quick turnaround. From uh, you know that Thursday quarterfinal round to the Friday semifinals, because you go from playing in the evening to playing really in the morning. Uh, you know, if, if the way it is now, Libya in the four or five game, you play at five thirty, then you turn around and play at eleven thirty the next day. So uh, you don't even have the full twenty four hour rest, and and not to mention that you're playing against a team that has been off for a day. So that that could be very difficult and very challenging. But I, I really think you know guys like us, nerds, uh, self-admittedly, uh, look into it a little bit more, right, as far as like, oh, you know, you really need to be a one or two seed so you get that that extra day off. I don't think it's that that big of a deal. I mean, these guys are used to playing AAU tournaments where you might even play multiple games in one day and, and certainly multiple games, you know, back to back to back over a weekend and, and things like that. So I, I think it's a little overplayed, um, but I think it's, the matchup is more important. Like, I would much rather play a New Mexico State, a UTEP uh, in that quarterfinal game than certainly a Jack State, uh, certainly a Western Kentucky. Um, I, I think the matchup's much more important than, you know, having that day off.
3: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Kirby, it's kind of like baseball. You know those wild card teams, if they get in and, um, you know, with no rest, no buys, uh, they catch fire and go, you know, to the World Series. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I guess it depends on how they're shooting, right? I mean, if they're shooting 60%, you know, I want them to keep playing. I want them to be out there the next day. And if they're, you know, if they're shooting 30% and scratch out a win, like, yeah, maybe we should have a day in between to, to rest their legs. So, I, I don't know. I You know, I don't know if I really have a preference per se, but, um, yeah, I, I – just want them to win all the games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, Nick, you kind of touched on it a little bit. I will say that if we uh, uh, go to bed the the last day of the regular season and this is the bracket, I would take that hands down. I mean, if you're yeah. telling me yeah. that I got middle FIU, Sam Houston, New Mexico State in my half of the bracket and I don't have to play Western, La Tech, or Jack State until a potential championship game, I would take that, you know, uh how's the saying go seven times uh a week and twice on Sundays mm-hmm.
1: I also kind of like the, the I know it's the same amount of time in between the games but I think mentally playing at 5 30 which is I think 6 30 our time as this is an hour behind playing at 5 30 and then turning around to play at 11 30 is better than playing at 8 and turning around and playing at two. because it's still you're, you're still getting to, to bed at, at a good time whereas you play 8 o'clock you're not probably getting to to bed till well after midnight by the time these guys, you know, um, you know, wind down and get past the the thrill of winning a conference tournament quarterfinal game. Um, so I, I do think that also is a little tiny small advantage. Uh, one last just point for me, just one thing that kind of stands out to me about conference play is is we've talked about how good the conference is defensively. Like there, this is a much much better conference defensively than anything close to the ASA. I mean there is just team after team there's there's um um three teams in the top 100, UTEP, Western Kentucky and LaTex. Tech. Several teams in the top 200. The only team outside of the top 200 is FIU. But offensively, this is not better. it's not a very good league. They're really starting to trend down. Liberty is the only top 100 offensive team in the in the conference. La Tech, they're at 112. They're the only top 200 team in the conference. Wow. So I, I wonder, and, and this is completely maybe over, and it probably is over analyzing. But when you get into a neutral floor where where these teams don't have that home crowd behind them, Liberty's the team that's the best offensive team. Will they be able to kind of execute? Especially, I would anticipate there's not going to there's going to be some games where there's not big crowds in this tournament. Um uh, it depends on who you play. But you play Jack State, you might have a decent crowd because they're pretty close, right? But, you know, you play a team like um, uh, Western Kentucky, I mean, they, they, they might travel well, but Sam Houston, you know, is, is Sam Houston really going to have that many people, you know, coming out to um, – or New Mexico State coming out to to Alabama? So that's something I think to watch is just – this team is a lot better offensively than most of the teams in this conference.
0: Yeah, and Liberty's also, you know, used to playing in these neutral tournaments, and even some that you know you might not have big crowds. I mean, we saw them, you know, and how well they played down in uh, Conway and uh, Myrtle Beach tournament uh, this year and won that that conference uh, or that uh, championship. And uh, even you know, Kyle was talking about playing in a, a junior college, you know, ballroom or whatnot. I mean, they they've played in some crazy places the last couple of years, and even this year uh, in, in, on neutral floors. So um you know you know i think that can be an advantage some teams don't have that experience but Liberty and, and Will kind of talked about it a minute ago is is it comes down to Liberty being able to shoot well like you can't shoot 25 percent and expect from three and expect to beat a Louisiana Tech or probably even a western Kentucky you gotta you know maybe not shoot 45 percent but you got to shoot you know 30 35 percent something like that to to be in that game but and you know playing in a neutral court neutral environment it, you wonder how quickly will it take for Liberty to to adjust to it you talk about you know your sight lines and things can be different so uh, you know we've we've talked before about, you know, their home road, even neutral splits as far as their shooting percentage and stuff. So hopefully they can adjust quickly to, uh, to, uh, the, the, the new venue, the different sight lines and, and things like that. But I, I don't think the atmosphere, whether it's a hostile environment or, uh, o- the opposite of a hostile environment, a more mundane, uh, gym, I don't think it's going to bother Liberty too much either way.
1: That's a good point about, you know, it, it kind of makes me think how important it is to get the best matchup in the first round, you know, to, to get as high up as you are, <coughs> excuse me, seed-wise, to get that better first matchup. Because we have saw Liberty struggle, you know, against Bellarmine, against Lipscomb in the quarterfinal games at home, you know, be able to get that first matchup, that that's a little more favorable to you. I think
0: it'll be interesting. Sorry to jump in there, but I think it'll be interesting, too. You you talked about those quarterfinal games before in the A-Sun. Like, those games, Liberty was such a huge favorite, and I think I might have talked about this before, but uh, such a huge favorite going into the conference tournament that you felt like you were playing with the weight of the world on your shoulders. We're not going to see that this year. Like, Liberty should be playing loose like what they're playing now. They should be playing free. And, uh, again, that doesn't mean you're not going to go out and shoot, you know, Four of 22 from three or whatever it is but uh i don't i don't think you'll have that that pressure on them uh so much so uh especially in the, in that quarterfinal round but i do think like you were talking nick um i do think you know having a, a favorable matchup in the first round in my mind more to uh to adjust to the that new venue adjust to the tournament play uh i think that could be certainly uh very important
1: well and any final thoughts from you my friend before we kind of Wrap this bad boy up.
3: No, yeah, I mean our guy Coleman was at the game I think the other night, and you know uh, had a little uh, scouting uh, tip about uh, shot quality. And so you know Liberty's going to find their shots; they're going to always have you know quality shots. And just I think it's a matter of just you know being able to hit those when it really matters. Um, you know, almost if you're you're going in with a like a four or five seed or something like that, you know, maybe playing with house money a little bit. Um, you know, a, a five seed is not really expected to win, so um, you know maybe that plays into their favor a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, fellas, this has been a blast. Man, we only got a couple of these these left before we'll be in uh, uh, conference tournament play. But uh, appreciate everyone who who tunes in and um, supports the Sea Red. If you um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to a Sea Red. So close to a thousand. Subscribers, that would be huge for Sea Red. So please subscribe and then uh, like the video as well. Um, we would appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, to uh, talk about a uh, a big win over Sam Houston and uh, see you right here for the rest of the season. Uh, thanks to our proud sponsors, Ironclad Coffee, Experience Leesburg, and Jason Porter Real Estate. Appreciate uh, everyone who supports the Sea Red. Have a great night, everyone. Go Flames.